So here's the big question. How do mortgage brokers like us, who are in the trenches every single day, how do we consistently grow our business every year without working 60 hours a week? How do we get our skills and expertise out to the world and still have a life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I am Ryan Wiley, and welcome to the 12-Hour Broker Podcast. Good morning, 12-Hour Broker Podcast. West Coast Wiley here. Man, it is hot, hot, hot. Not complaining, though. Definitely not complaining. It's like 32 to 37 for two, three weeks. It's been amazing. Um, Okay, let's jump into it, because I have a a big topic I want to talk about today. Uh, Before that, though, just to let you know, um, some of you do know, I have recently taken over 10 loans a month to coaching. And so I have built a team around my mortgage business. That's going to continue on. That's very exciting. Uh, So now I am running 10 loans a month. Coaching platform, Scott Peckford. He's on building his his brokerage. And so just putting it out there, just saying it. What does that mean for you? Uh, Not much. Unless you're a member or you're going to be a member, it's going to be even better than what it is now. So I have big, big plans. Uh, And then I have something else I'm going to share at the end of this podcast, which some of you might be interested in. Okay. Uh, Okay, let's jump into it. So what I want to chat about today is, you know, I've been dealing, so I do a lot of coaching with clients and right now we're bringing them through this lifestyle mortgage course that I have showing you how to like claim back your time and actually, you know, enjoy working with the people you want to work with and close more business and just be happier overall which just isn't talked about enough in this business, unfortunately. Uh, And so let me just turn the radio off there. Turn off. Uh, So part of that, it's not just one thing that I do to be able to do the amount of mortgages we do with the amount of energy. There's just, it's not one thing, but it's a, a little bit of everything. And they all add up. It's like pieces of a puzzle. Okay. And so a big piece of that puzzle is what I'm going to share with you today. That's your no list. Okay. Some of you have a no list in your head, a, a semi no list, um, and talking to a lot of agents, they, some people talk to, they work with anybody, just work with anybody. And unfortunately what ends up happening when you end up doing that, and this is, I've done it myself. So it's not like I'm, you know, preaching about something I haven't done. I've made these mistakes. Most of the things I talk about on this podcast, I've already done and made the mistake. I've been in the game 13 years. I've tried a lot of stuff. And now, luckily, I've, I'm able to talk to a lot of people. So I get to see what other people are doing. The errors other people are doing. And it's my, my mission is to just throw out scenarios at you and little ways to help you. Hopefully, you know, you don't have to try A, B, and C. You can just get right to D if that's what works. Okay? So you get to take advantage of all the mistakes that I've made or people I know have made. Okay? And so one of the biggest ones... And one of the biggest reasons our business works so well is because our no list is pretty extensive, meaning we only work with a certain amount of people. We only work with certain people. We send uh, half our deals to Scotia. It's Scotia or TD, give or take. They kind of slot in and out. About 90% of our business goes to Scotia and TD and 10% to MCAP. Just our insured deals go to MCAP. Uh, all of our, most of our stuff's uninsured. goes to those other two lenders for obvious reasons. And so if you don't, if we get on that call and I understand on our discovery call and I understand, Hey, you, 
this isn't going to work. It's not my thing. I'll quickly, like I'll cut in, especially if I ask you what your credit is, scale one to 10, and you say a four, and then you want to get into a long-winded eight-minute story about what it is. I'll, I'll jump in and be like, hey, Tom, thanks for sharing that. Just letting you know, I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy. But I have really good news for you. I've got a guy, right? Or it could be a girl, but in my instance, it's a guy. I have a guy. He loves working with credit challenge people. He's very, very good at it. He knows all the nuances. He'll absolutely be able to help you out. I'd love to make an introduction. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Amazing. Awesome. If referral partners send that in, I tell referral partners, send in everything, right? And then we'll find solutions. It just might not be us getting the solution. Referral partner doesn't care. As long as we vetted the solution and we're vouching for them, they're good. So I have people that I'm going to go through what my no list is. I have people that uh, will take on the deals and I take 25%, give or take. Sometimes a little more, but usually 25. That's kind of the standing thing. Hey, I'll refer this to you. You cut me 25% of the deal back and we're good. And if they do something else with you in the future, I get 25% of that. Okay, so there's a trust factor there. But I have people for all the scenarios I'm going to show you on this no list that I would refer out. And so a lot of cool things happen when you stick to your no list. Before we get to that, though, this podcast is brought to you by Americano. Sorry, I got it. One more. This is, I'm, I'm a little tired today. Not that that sip's going to matter. Um, okay, so a lot of really cool things happen when you stick to your no list. You keep working with the same types of people. You keep working with the same lenders. You end up knowing all the nuances of those lenders. For us, it's three. So I don't need an underwriter. On my team, I do not need an underwriter because what's an underwriter going to do? I already know the guidelines. It's only three lenders. I know them very well. If they don't work there, I send them out. I don't want to have to learn all the B lender guidelines, private lender, what they're doing, the nuances of all the ever-changing moving targets that are going on. Understand how to objection handle, explaining higher interest rates, higher fees, like all that stuff. Those are all skill sets you need to sharpen. So I stay out of that because I can't be everything to everyone. And a big reason why, I, I've done B deals. I've done a bunch of them. But what ends up happening, and I get the deal done and the client's happy. I compare notes with someone else who's a B expert and they're like, why'd you go there? And I'm like, well, I, I don't know, because it worked and they did the deal. You should have went over here. And I'm like, well, I don't even think I've heard of that company. Or I didn't know they would do it. Or I don't have a relationship with them. Yeah, you cost your client like X amount of money, thousands and thousands of dollars. And I didn't know that. Client didn't know that. But now I know. So I wasn't the best, the best suited for that client. So how can I take on B clients? If my avatar is A, and that's what I'm really good at, but I take on B, even though I know where I could get the deal done, but it's not in the best interest of the client. How can I honestly take that on? I'd rather farm out to an expert, take 25%. Now I know the client's in the right spot. The client didn't know that they got paid extra because I worked with them. Not the fees, but just the interest rates and the guidelines and loan to values and all that. So that's the thing that you like. You got to like look at yourself and go, are you a master of the B world? Are you presenting the absolute best scenario for them? And if you're not, farm it out and take 25 points, right? So a lot of things, cool things happen when you just focus on your avatar. You know where all the guidelines are going. You know where all the deals are going. You know the nuances. You have great relationships with the underwriters. You know what you can get done. You're not wasting your time. Your staff, so if you have people working with you, your team, employee, whatever you call them, your team, let's call them your team, your team gets the same type of deals through. 
So they like life because they're not getting these nut jobs coming through that because it's like these one-offs here and there and it's like stuff you don't deal with and they're like oh my god i don't know and now they start to feel incompetent now they start to feel stressed out so you protect your team you protect their mindset their stress levels the experience for the client the experience for your team remember your team anyone that works for you remember they don't work for you you have to have the mind that you work for them so i'm trying to like they're more important than your client your team is way more important than your client so what can you do to make their life and their working situation, awesome. Right? Well, keep giving them the same types of clients. That's number one. Makes it easier. Right? So a lot of cool things happen when you stick to your no list. So let me just, I'm, go, I'm going like rogue here. I'm actually like looking at my no list off my screen. So bear with me here. This is like, never done this before. I've never looked at my screen before. I just talk. Okay. I'm going to quickly go over this. If I see there's some that need a little more chatting, I'll, I'll explain. So my no list is credit challenge people, not my jam, farm out. Non-provable income clients. You make 200 gross, you're you know BFS, but you show 15. Uh, I don't have a lot of options for that and I don't want to get in and figure the nuances, I farm it out. Okay, all these I take a cut, I farm out. New to Canada, definitely not my jam. I've worked on probably 10 of those files, never closed one. For, there's just a lot of things that go wrong on on new to Canada. Um, I don't touch them. I farm them out. Uh, I'll try to quit saying farm them out. Uh, reverse mortgages definitely do not do that. Uh, you can actually send those to a certain company. There's a couple companies, and they'll just they'll pay you quite handsomely, 125 to 200 base points, and they'll take the relationship over with your client. So pretty cool for that. Although we don't come across a lot of those rent to own definitely don't do. Construction loans, nope. Commercial deals, uh, hell no. I did a couple. I was in there. I never felt more stupid in my life. Got the deal done, bumbled through it, came out going, what what, what, what made me think that I could do a commercial deal now that, and I'm a, a residential guy. Like, and I see it and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I even attempted to do that. Um, but I did. So, okay, sorry, just opening the window here. Okay, uh, private deals, nope, farm out, property investors. I will work with investors. If you know me, I like working, showing people buy their first investment property. If you come and you have, you know, five, six, seven, ten door, not my jam. Too much paperwork. Uh, I don't have underwriter or sorry, lenders in my network. Scotia here and there. I just, I, it's too much, too much. Like, I need 10 lease agreements. I need 10 statements showing three months bank deposits. I need 10 property tax statements. I need, like, most of them don't have their shit together. So you're just like, you're stuck in paperwork hell, which puts stress on my team, which then stresses me out. Right? I need them to love their job. Okay, so don't do it. That, and for one deal, no. Sure, they might buy more, but then it's, once again, same thing. New construction condos closing in 18 plus months. I used to do pre-approval letters for all these. Um... And it worked out because I'd get some mortgages four years later, but it wasn't worth all the upfront work I did the back and forth. So we don't do those anymore. Uh, clients who don't have their documents goes without saying. Cosigners. This is a big one. You're like, Ryan, don't get it. I'm like, okay, give you an example. You're talking to Tom and Sally. They need a cosigner. They bring in Tom's dad or Tom's mom and dad. All of a sudden, I have a conversation with Tom and Sally. Now I need to have a conversation with Tom's dad. Now I need three to four sets of paperwork. 
now I'm up against objection handling against two people because now you've got someone who pulls the strings potentially in the parent and they have their relationship 30 years at a branch or their business banking or whatever. And now they could easily just go, hey, let's talk to Sally at CIBC. I've known her for 30 years. And it's like, no thanks. Done it. And I, and I close those deals. A lot of work. Remember, I, I strive to, to complete the most amount of deals with the least amount of effort. Right. That allows me to be sane. And there's so much business out there. You can do this if you get all the pieces of the puzzle right. And this is a big one. Um, so co-signers know first time home buyers with long potential closing dates. So someone comes up, says, hey, first time home buyer, uh, we're thinking of buying in, uh, in 18 to 24 months. Sorry. No, because I'm just going to educate you and then I'm going to have to re-educate you. So instead, hey, let's do this when you're four months away from buying, reach back out to me. And then, because guidelines could change by then, your situation could change by then. Let's have a conversation then. Make sense? Okay. Uh, clients who won't commit to my services or know they or think they know it all, well, that goes without saying. The people who think they know it all in those discovery calls, I'll chime in with my value ads, which are very, very strong. Right, I've got that down, and I'll share this on another podcast because I think it's extremely valuable for everyone. But, and if I can see like they're not resonating, or I could just sense that you know they know it all and they've got the world figured out, I'll, I say, hey man, Tom, sounds like you're you're in good hands. You go. Um, I'm glad our paths crossed and we could have this conversation. But I wish you the best of luck. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Bye. Did I lose a deal? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't want to fight for that deal that hard. I don't want to be, I don't want to feel yucky in my skin. I don't want to feel like I'm trying to convince this person to work with me all the time. Like I'm not wired like that. I don't want to do that. That just feels like, like, um, it just feels icky. Right. And so I need them to be able to realize pretty quickly. They need me more than I need them in the nicest way possible. Right. Okay. One sec. We got to commercial break here. We don't know who it's for. Americano. Uh, sorry, I got to drink this because once it gets cold and I got to drive my kids and they're on this camp and so I need it to be hot for the drive. That didn't make sense either. Never mind. Okay. Uh, clients who want to meet? No. I haven't met a... I've, I've met... Outside of like friends that who I knew, but clients who I didn't know, I met two or three in my career... And I sat at their kitchen table. <laughs> I've never closed those deals. I don't know why. Maybe, I, you know, I've got a, a face for radio. Um, but it didn't work. <laughs> so, but still, I don't understand. Especially COVID, this has proved this model works and is a way better model. You don't need a brick and mortar. Unless you're in a small, small town, you get a lot of foot traffic, and you're building that brand, you're getting pumpkins out at the fair, and you're doing that, and you got magnets on your car. And if you're playing that game, sure. But you can sit at home in your underwear and crush out mortgages. You can make a half million dollars in your underwear every day, right? Um, just when your kids go to school, they'll be like, what does your dad do? Oh, he works in his underwear all day. <laughs> Might get weird there. Okay, uh, uh, clients or referral partners who don't have mutual respect. So now we're getting away from like business for self. This is more just morally. Yeah, if there's no mutual respect from a referral partner, we've all had referral partners that try to consume your time at nighttime. Call me, call me, call me, nine o'clock at night. 
calling you, calling you, like text. And then when you get on the phone, they know it all and they're directing orders at you. You got to shut that shit down quickly. Um, unless you like being treated like that, which that's another conversation. But I do not. And so we shut that down, much like clients. There's a lack of respect where you show lack of respect to the team. You get blacklisted. You're done. And I've done this many times. Right? And boom, move on. I'm looking for our avatar. I'm looking for awesome people that treat us with respect, that are professionals, that realize they need us, they want to work with, with us, they realize we're experts, they appreciate that. They come into this knowing they might not get the lowest interest rate, but they're going to get phenomenal service. And I'm going to help save them money and take a lot of stress out of the situation. I'll save them money or make them money in other ways. Um, so there you go. That's who we're looking for. Um, Will not, oh, I will not chat if both decision makers aren't present. So, you know, when you get Tom and Sally and Sally, they book call and it's like, sorry, uh, Tom can't make it. He couldn't get off his shift. Well, I'll explain to him after. It's like, nah, sorry. You both need to be there. Are you both going on title? Yeah, you both need to be there. Because what ends up happening is you explain everything to Sally and then she plays the broken telephone game with Tom and Tom might have a guy for all you know. And so Tom's like, I don't use my guy because of this or this interest rate. Well, well, we're here. I'm going to take a coffee break because we got a fire truck coming through here. And uh, hope hope everyone's okay. All right, it's gone. That break was brought to you by Kelowna Fire Department. Uh, so they've got... Which one was I talking about? Oh, yeah, not present. So now Sally's trying to explain to Tom why the raise or why the variable rate is or why they should work with you and give your value adds. So now you're relying on Sally being your sales team, right? It's not going to work. Have them both there. Or you're just going to have to have the conversation twice again. Just do it once. And politely, that's easy. Go, hey, there's a bunch of information I want to hear. And it's not even just asking you. I want to explain to you. It's really best if you're both here. And not a problem. I'll accommodate your schedule. We'll just book it when you're both available. Okay. If they're not willing to do that, like we're talking about buying a home, hundreds of thousands of dollars they're applying for. If someone's not willing to take their lunch hour to do it, problem. Because they would take their lunch hour to go to the doctor for routine checkup, go get their teeth cleaned. Like really, your teeth cleaned versus getting $400,000 to buy a home. Uh, a lawyer, like like you have to, your mindset should be, so early on in your career, you're going to work weekends. You're going to work evenings. You have to. Your only One of your only value adds is your communication is kick-ass. Amazing, amazing, amazing communication. This guy almost smoked this girl. You got to stop the crosswalk, buddy. Um, amazing communication, right? But you also have to have uh, a discussion with your spouse and your kids or whoever about, hey, daddy might not be or mommy might not be here for this. If the phone rings and we're eating... I'm going to have to peace out and go do that. Like you set your boundaries, but you have to make sure your, your inner circle is okay with it. So you're not surprising them and there's animosity and like, what are you doing? You're picking work over this. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm building the business, honey, or whoever. It's two years of this or a year, whatever your relationship is. So you have to have that. So your communication has to be on point. But moving forward, you don't need to work evenings and weekends. You do not need to work evenings and weekends. If your clients aren't willing to weed in, in the evening, they're not your client. They're showing you a lack of respect. Everybody can create time. 
If it's 15, 20 minutes for a discovery call, pop out on, I guarantee you, your employee, you get smoke breaks or lunch, whatever. The smaller breaks you get, you got lunch, you got on your drive somewhere, you've got like, hey boss, I just need to pop out, we're buying a home, it's an important call. Yeah, 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 go. Like, they can make it work. So I put the onus on them. Once in a while, because there's always exceptions to the rules and everything in life. Once in a while, you make that combination at nighttime for whatever reason. They've referred you business, past clients, blah, blah, blah. But you can't just, you can't hold that up. Early on in your career, you can, but then it shifts to now I got to protect my time. So early on, you're not protecting your time. You protect your time during the application sequence when you're, you know, getting documents and time you spend on the phone with them okay you protect your time there and there's things you can put in place but then it shifts to but you're always available is what i'm saying you're always available you have to be that's your main advantage i will give you the best community no one's going to beat my communication that's your value add to a, a realtor nobody will beat my communication with your client i'll get the deals done i've got a team behind me help out we'll get the deals done that won't be the issue but the communication as well you'll never have worked some with better communication might be the same but not better i'll always be available i'll text you updates i'll keep your clients loop like you will never not know what's going on as you shift your business later in life because you build a book and you've been in the game for a while it changes to protecting your time it's like you're less available but the client experience is still amazing so that's what we've luckily uh, perfected in my opinion or pretty close to it um okay answering calls during non-business hours okay same thing Bum, bum, bum. saying no to time suckers. So those are all some base stuff. The, the meat of the stuff was, you know, the credit challenge, non-approval, new to Canada, reverse mortgage. I can put my phone down, so I'm just reading it. But, uh, oh, I got to go. I didn't realize how late it was. I got to go pick up my kids for camp. So we're going to drive the way home. We got about five minutes to finish this off. Um, so your no list. This is a part of what I show people how to build. I give you my no list, which I pretty much just gave you right there. I encourage you to build your own. And then it's going to be a bit of a challenge to stick to it because you're going to see that there's business. You're leaving business on the table. That's sort of what your perspective on it's going to be at that time. Well, Ryan, it's like sitting here. I know it can go here. Okay, but A, do you like working with those types of files? Do you wake up in the morning going, man, I love, in my instance, man, I want to work with this 505 credit score with the story and you know, 7% down payment and some of it's on Canada yet and whatever, whatever. Uh, no, I don't like, can I, could I do it? Absolutely. I could do it. I could go find that out. I could do it. But a, I don't want to spend the time getting updated on all those guidelines. It's not part of my thing I want to do every week. I'd rather spend it on, um, lead generation stuff, right? Marketing stuff that brings deals in. That's the stuff that pieces deals together, right? That's the easier part. Piece the deal together is the easier part because you can get a lot of help on that. Lead generation marketing, that's the hard part. Getting referral partners to work with you, that's the hard part. But that's what makes the money. That's what puts money in your bank account. The closing the deals, there's so much help you could get for that, it's not even funny. It's the easiest part of our business to learn. How to structure deals, how to underwrite deals. The underwriting on deals is the easiest part in this business. It might seem complicated up front, but it's not. The hardest part is getting your discovery call down, building your no list and sticking to it, getting referral partners to like and love you and send you awesome clients. 
getting your, your current clients to send you more business, getting your database marketing dialed in, getting your branding done, getting webinars built out. Like that's the hard part. That's the stuff that brings the money in. Okay, so you sticking to your no list is, there's a big, big, big advantage to it because you keep working with the same people over and over. So I encourage you to sit back and maybe jot down some client names you've worked with in the past and see if there's some commonality between the avatar, right? Uh, and so if you're brand new or you're newer, and you're like, well, Ryan, I don't even know what I like anymore. That's a different story. I can get behind you working on a bunch of stuff, but make sure it's like an, uh, an experiment. You, you cannot be the jack of all trades. You can't. You, if you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one. There's no way you can convince me that you are an, an expert at every niche. You can't be. It's impossible. Do you think you are? You're tricking yourself. It's a story you're telling yourself, right? Maybe you have an underwriter who is amazing and understands the nuances of absolutely everything. I can get behind that. If you have a rock star that they're dialed in and they can't just work 40 hours a week, they would have to because there's so many ongoing guidelines and changing and relationship building lenders. Like that's like a 60, 70, 80 hour job to be like the rock star where you know 30 lender guidelines in and out with all the relationships built up and all the nuances, right? So you stick to your no list. If you're, if you are, if you're newer, like I was mentioning, I can get behind you experiment, but experiment, keep track. You're going to realize pretty quickly which types of clients you enjoy working with. And then you're just going to double down on those ones. You're going to go find more of those. Then you're going to reverse engineer it. Okay. I like working with X. And so for me, it's John and Sally Smith, 250,000 household income, provable income. They own a home. They got equity in the home. They've got some young kids. I'm going to show them how to buy their first investment property. Okay. Where do I find those? Well, uh, so now you got to find where do, where do I find my avatar? Well, my avatar, I'm going to find through one sec here. I don't know where I'm going. They got this road shut down. How do I get through here? Oh, right here. Okay. Just want to drive over some cones. You get those people in the vests yelling at you. It's not a good start to your day. Um, you know, all those tanned up people. You're like, I don't know how you're out here all day. But good on you. Um, anyway, so you got to find where your avatar is. So if it is for me, John Sally Smith. Okay, realtors. What types of realtors? Well, realtors who, you know, more white collared, who take their business pretty seriously. They are in good areas. They're not, you know, they have higher mortgage sizes, bigger properties. So for me, it was Toronto, Burlington, and Oakville. Focus on realtors in those areas that had their shit together. So I then I started looking for realtors that were closing and were buyer realtors from two to five hundred thousand dollars business a year. If they're listing agents, it doesn't count because listers they turn they have different things they're focusing on. So, anyways, I'm almost home. I'm gonna let you go. This was about building out your no list and sticking to it. It's a big, big, big part of what I do in our business, why we can crush so many mortgages and work the hours we do. It's because we're working with the same people over and over and over again. And we know where the files go. And we already know what the objections are. We already know how to submit our value add to them. We already know all the, all the answers. We got all the answers to the, the test, right? It's like we got a, a, I don't say a cheat thing, but we, whatever. It's like we're cheating on the test, right? I already know when I'm talking to them. You are our people. I'm going to resonate with you. I know your deal's going. I know we can handle I know we're, you're going to be wowed by what we do. 
and everyone else I just push to the side and take 25 points. Okay, so there you go, kids. Hope that helps. That was a longer one. Um, hopefully it's still recording. I think so. Uh, yeah, it is. 27 minutes. Jeez. I, I promise not to do long ones like this. Um, it's too long. But anyways, enjoy your day. Five texts a day because it does work. Okay, peace out. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.